welcome to Baddest Mothers in the Room. I'm Casey. I'm the mother of Bo, a two and a half plus year old boy, and I'm 28 weeks pregnant. That's the third trimester, people. <laughs> and I'm Tristan. I'm the mother of Nelly, a two and a half minus year old baby girl. We're the kind of gals that didn't know if we were going to have babies or not, but then we did it, and we're here to talk about it. Now, we are not professionals, so don't take our advice if we give you any too seriously, because we're just here to talk about the perils of parenting. But you can always weigh in on any of our topics or give us new topics to weigh in on. Yeah, or if you know someone who would be a cool guest, let us know. Email us at battersmothers at gmail.com. That's a good idea. Speaking of cool guests, we have one today. Yes, we do. Cool How and hot. great was that, that I brought up the guest in the beginning? Well, I feel like I set you up for it, frankly. Well, sure. But were you going <laughs> to mention her? Yes, I was. Okay. Well, why don't you tell the people about her? <laughs> well, she was your find, but I'll, I can take a little, I'll, I'll, I'll lead her in. Uh, it's okay. Jessica. She is a nurse in a... A pulmonary unit. She's completely focused on a little thing called COVID nineteen or coronavirus. Yeah. I still don't know when you're supposed to say which thing. Yeah, she brought both of them up. Oh, spoiler alert! We interviewed her already, but um, yeah, coronavirus causes COVID nineteen or vice versa. I don't remember, but whatever. Um, she's here. She's going to talk about that whole experience, how it is working in a COVID nineteen unit. And while all the while balancing uh, motherhood. So she is a hero. So hang on for that for while you listen to these two zeros. I know. These two zeros. And especially because all I want to do is fucking complain. <laughs> and now it just sounds so ridiculous because I am just not doing well with this whole thing. Yeah. 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 Actually, uh, I think I'm doing better than I was. Okay. I'm 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 hitting a groove. Okay. I mean I've, it I've is an opposite direction. It's I've, an uncomfortable groove, but I'm there. I'm in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone the opposite where the first couple weeks I was like, let's get shit done. Rearrange, clean, mm. you know, productivity, working out, all these sorts of things. And now I've like hit the I'm just gonna sit on the couch and look at my phone all day stage of things. Um, there's been crying, you know. Well, your situation's so different. I mean, being pregnant adds like so many layers onto anything, anyway. Like, yeah, with this, it's so different because you're like hormonal, and you're like fucking tired. So True. sitting on the couch is like more exciting for you than it is for me, anyway. It is a bit. There's. Something about this whole, and I've, I've read a little bit about it where it's like, hey, do you wonder why you're tired right now? Well, it's because you're mentally just broken, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, because I've been wondering that too. I'm like, this is my second trimester. I'm supposed to be thriving right now. This is when I have my energy. Um, my third trimester does start tomorrow, technically, though. Um, but you don't just like suddenly become tired. That's like the end, right? Like mm -hmm. the home stretches when you get tired again. And I didn't really have that with Bo. So I'm just like, this isn't my first trimester, though this would be kind of a bomb time to be in your first trimester if you don't have a lot to do. Just be no, like, well, yeah. fuck it. I'm just going to lay around and sleep anyway. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, man, I am bonus tired. So here's the whole pandemic, the emotional toll that takes on people, et cetera, et cetera. 
Plus the pregnancy hormones. Yeah. And I keep forgetting to acknowledge them. There's so much about my pregnancy that I do acknowledge where it's like, oh yeah, I want to eat really fucking shitty food like Velveeta. Why do I crave Velveeta <laughs> when I'm pregnant? I don't know, but it's happened again this pregnancy. And Mark had to go out into the Corona world and buy me Velveeta. The hormones, I keep forgetting to like, let them be an okay part of this disaster. Yeah. They are real. They are, yeah. they are a thing that happens. Um, I feel... Mine went kind of the opposite, not hormones, but just my reaction to this whole thing. Like for so for like several weeks, I was just kind of like, let's just get through this, la la la, survive, do what you have to do. But now it's just so like eternal. It feels like yeah. that I think when um when the governor was like, oh, we're extending the shelter in place until like May 31st or whatever the last thing he said was, I was like. I got to get shit together. Like, I can't just, like, live like this. This this isn't okay. And okay. so that was when I kind of, like, pulled myself up by my by my sock straps because I never wear shoes anymore. And yeah. was like, okay, let's, let's do this. We can, I mean, and it's not like I'm doing awesome now, but I'm not, like, just being a potato person anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something about that was like, okay, this is our reality for another month. We got to get with it. That did strangely help for some reason. It did. Um, a, a problem for me, though, is so our last episode, as I listened to it, yeah. um, I was so thankful and grateful that I still had my job. And well, literally days later, I got furloughed. Yes. So that sure did not help. I was in a nice groove. I was working from home. I was very busy, which makes it even more strange that I've got furloughed. Just like I was working very solid eight hour day. <laughs> Who is doing that now? Yeah, literally no one. Okay. Um, especially when you hear from some people that are like, yeah, I'm working from home, but it's not really much to do. I'm like, really? And you still have your job? That's neat. <laughs> oh, that's so great. <laughs> you must cool be having a good time. Um, so I got furloughed and I did not take it well as a majority of the people that it happened to. I don't think it took it very well. Um, do you mean at your work or anywhere in the I, world? Right I mean, now? I think in general, no one took it well, but, um, I, I can only speak for the people that I know that have gone through it, which is my entire team at work and as well as another two, no, 350. I don't remember people at the office. Wow. Um, and it kind of came unexpected because, like I said, we were a little busy, like things were happening. So it's not the best time to look for a job. No. Um, you mean being is, pregnant or in a pandemic? Both. Both yeah, are yeah. pretty fucking shitty. Um, the pandemic actually makes looking for a job pregnant easier because I actually have had an interview. And when I did, I was just like, they can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> They don't know. They can't ask. And I'm not walking into the room. So the weird part is if I did get through a hiring process, they'd probably like mail me a computer and do whatever. And then all of a sudden I'd be walking in the office in like mid-June, which would be like a month before <laughs> I give birth. They're like, hey, by the way, uh, about four weeks from now, I'm going to need to take some time off. <laughs> and a lot of time. Yeah. So... So, so here I am, I guess. 
do you know, so presumably, like, in 90 days, I mean, I, presumably is a strong word, but theoretically in 90 days they're like okay come back we're solvent now yeah i mean we have no idea i can't make a prediction on that in 90 days which fun fact the 90 days from when we were furloughed is july 5th and my maternity leave is supposed to start july 6th right so so um (laughs) ideally they'd be like okay Ha ha ha. Come back to work now. Your plants are dead. July 6th. See you there. <laughs> and, and that would be it. But just because the company is, we already know has been in some struggles and stuff. I don't know if it'll happen. They're, they're actually laying people off as well. So maybe the laid off people are really laid off and the furlough people are coming back. I don't know, but I won't freaking know. I'm guessing until the end of June or the beginning of July. Um, and I have maternity leave starting right then. And the whole thing is really nutso because I'm so stressed out, so like bonkers about everything. And then I'm like, and the worst part is like no one that I directly know even actually fucking has COVID-19. So like the real problem hasn't even struck us. Yeah. Everything that I'm freaking out about isn't even the fucking problem. So we should still be grateful, I guess, that like, we're just surviving and healthy and no one has the coronavirus. <laughs> I know. It is crazy that we don't know. I mean, I know like one person who's had it and Chris had a fa- an old family friend die from it recently. Oh, my God. Um, In Pennsylvania. But Jeez. otherwise, I don't know anybody. So there are some people I like kind of know. It just yeah. hasn't really hit my, my friend circle or my family or like the three of us, which I've been grateful for. Um. A few people I do know, I wouldn't know about it if it wasn't for Facebook. Right, right. Um, and they've all recovered. What was I going to say about that? Oh, I'm becoming slightly more convinced that I may have had it already. Yeah, I mean, you did have a lot of weird shit. Yeah, like, remember I was sick for like a week, or no, a month, excuse me. I was sick for like a month with a sore throat and a cough. I never had any, like, mucusy nose stuff or anything. Yeah. And I just found out that pink eye was one of the symptoms. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, it's like a rarer symptom, but it is a, a feasible symptom. So maybe I had it. Maybe I'm maybe fine. I maybe I'm safe. Maybe I should just trot around everywhere and right. go do things. And there's the concept of can you catch it again? Yeah. Though I'd heard, I mean, everything's so speculative, but mm-hmm. it sounded like you couldn't, right? That you're immune to it once you get it. I don't know. To be honest with you, it gives me such anxiety that I don't watch or read the news. So I just sit around and do what I'm told. Nellie was watching uh, Peppa Pig or something, probably Peppa Pig, on the TV the other day and like went in the other room and it auto-played into YouTube from YouTube into like CNN and they were talking like all these people that had died when I came oh back god. in the room and I was like oh my god why would that be an algorithm to play that after Peppa Pig <laughs> I mean we do often have it on so it's possible that maybe it was just like whatever your most common channel is or something I have no okay. idea but I was like what is this child watching she's like mm, not good ma <laughs> um, I the only thing I did try to watch on Saturday was, I don't know if you heard about 
um, the Sesame Street characters were on CNN. I did. I didn't watch it though. Was it okay? Valuable? All right. Here, here you go, parents. Hot tip. Mm. Um, it was Sesame Street on CNN to explain COVID nineteen to to children. Talk about different ways of handling it. What's happening? Answer kids' questions. There are a lot of kids on there asking questions from age two to ten, twelve. So I thought, okay. Bo loves Sesame Street. He knows because he says it a lot. People are sick. Um, we should watch this. Trigger warning, people. If you are a weak-souled garbage person like myself, you will not be able to watch it. I cried and cried and cried and cried. And we only, we only made it through like two and a half segments. And I was just a flubbering disaster. And Bo was like half checked out anyway. He'd be like, where'd Grover go? And I'd be like, he's not in this part. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see Grover. I'm like, I don't know where he went. So Mark was finally like, he had a pre-existing condition. You need to turn that off. <laughs> yeah. So watch it if you can. Hmm. But be warned. Did you find that it was valuable for Bo at all? I mean, I know you said he was checked out, but no, oh. no, he he wasn't getting what he wanted out of it, which was like more Grover, more Cookie. When they'd disappear, he'd be like, "Where are they?" Oh, actually, Cookie. I don't even think he made an appearance yet. It's like, what? Where's the people I want to see? Hmm. Um, and he did say a couple times, "It's like, yeah, because people are sick." And we're like, "Yeah, buddy, you got to watch this." And he just he wasn't into it. I saw the um. I saw a photo shared somewhere of like, oh, they shipped all the Muppets to the puppeteers' homes so that they can record there. And for some reason, I was like, <laughs> it was just a picture of like a guy with a little home, like he had his cell phone set up on a tripod or whatever, and then he's just like standing in his living room with like Cookie Monster or whatever on. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I didn't even take the time to think about that fact. Like, obviously, I could tell that the human reporters were in their fancy-ass homes, but the Muppets, I didn't even think about the fact that the they're all in, like, their puppeteers' houses. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Everything's terrible. Uh. Uh, man, I wonder what... So, each episode we've had since this has hit, we've been like, boy, we were so stupid in the last episode. Because in the right? first we- episode, we were like, ha-ha, this is whatever. No big deal. And then in the second episode, we were like, everything's fine. I mean, it's hard for other people, but we're okay. And now we're like, this sucks. Yeah. So does that be next episode? We're gonna- we'll be like, oh, it didn't suck. Or we're dead. it's worse now. Oh, yeah. Maybe we die. Ugh. Maybe we die. Oh, bonus suck. <sighs> so, uh, how you doing? <laughs> We, um, you know, I've always been a city person, and at this point, I'm like, why didn't I just move to the suburbs and get a goddamn yard? We were out in our in our yard today, which we have a condo, a six unit condo, and we have one other family that has children, as you know, because they've been on the podcast, Jill and Casey, mm-hmm. um, and it was funny because Nellie and I were out there playing. And we'd been out for a while, and we'd been out in the morning, too. And Jill came down with um, Ezra, their kid, and their newest 
their newborn um, to play. And I was like, oh, we'll go inside. No worries. We've been out for a while, la, la, la. But it was just so weird that we had to be like, oh, your turn on the grass, you know? Right. Um, And it was so sad, too, because it was like, Nellie really wants to play with somebody. Oh, my God. And here is a child. We know you guys are okay. You know we're okay. And yet we're, you know, like staying too Like they waited on the top stairs until we went in and like shut the porch door. You know, Uh, (laughs) it was just so like, can't we just play with each other? Like, (laughs) that's what I'm asking. So why not? Like, I don't know. I know there's different levels to the rules or different way people are playing the game or whatever, but you live in the same building. I feel like if you're going to self-quarantine with someone, someone in your same building, yeah, be well, safe. I thought that too. I was like, we need to just find another family and be like, we're playing by the rules. Are you playing by the rules? Like, let's play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. It, it feels so weird. Like, I just wish I understood better what to do. But it is a little weird with them because they – so Casey works in construction and she – worked on so they they transformed McCormick Place or like a huge chunk of McCormick Place into like a COVID like mm-hmm. hospital, like a makeshift hospital, and she was very instrumental in doing that. Uh. Um so she's actually in self quarantine now. She's just staying in a hotel. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So so it's just Jill up there with a newborn and a three year old. And, like, we can't – the only thing we can do to help is, like, we bring her packages up for her. Oh, my God. Okay, so if Casey's self-quarantining, Jill, Jill needs help. Go play with her. Go play with her. Oh, poor woman. I know. I know. I don't Two know. Two little kids. And, again, this is where I'm, like, and I'm sitting here feeling bad for myself because I'm pregnant with one toddler and a partner who's – we're all fine so far. Right. Uh, yeah yeah anyway and i'm fine and i'm still i have one and i'm not pregnant and a partner and i'm like this is horrible this is the worst <laughs> and you probably already had it <laughs> yeah i mean maybe i'm immune i'm telling you that pink eye but i will my my other theory about that was that I was like, well, maybe I had it, and I saved all of my coworkers near me because they all knew I had pink eye, and I was being so like hand scrubby, like never touch anything, like wash your hands all the time, la la la. So I was being super vigilant because it was pink eye, like more than I would be if I just had a cold. You know, oh. so like maybe I did have it, and I just saved everyone because the pink because pink eye is so disgusting. Yes, the pink eye saved everyone. Yeah, or maybe I didn't have it, and I'll get it later and die. Perhaps. 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 Um, any good news? You got any wins? Yes. So it kind of goes along with, or it very much goes along with that announcement. The, uh, the Pritzker announcement, like, you guys are, uh, Pritzker is our governor, everybody, we're in Illinois. Um, the announcement were shelter in place until May 31st. And I was like, shit, I can't just keep, like, you know, going by the skin of my teeth here. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I, I, you know, exercise a fair amount at when I'm at work. I do it at lunchtime and 
I hadn't been at all here. And, you know, it's like impossible to get 10,000 steps if you're uh, at home. I am currently at 3,191 <laughs> and it's 10 o'clock at night. Right. Exactly. So I was like, and I was like eating like shit and drinking a lot. Um, and so I was just kind of like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get this straightened out. So since I'm, it hasn't been that long, but since the 17th, which is 11 days. I've worked out every day. Ooh. And and hit 10,000 steps. Um, Ooh. <laughs> yes. So that is like my big win is that I, I've just been like doing it. I'm just at least half an hour of like actual exercise, not just like walking around or whatever, like getting a sweat, get changing clothes, la, la, la. Um, but it's mostly for like psychological purposes like my mental health I think is my the number one contributing factor to my mental health is whether I move or not oh okay um and I like I was getting I was just getting like real like grumpy and like irritable and you know sad (laughs) so has the game changed you feel better I do I feel I feel so much better like I, a lot better um, just from just from doing that. And I mean, I'm like, I, I'm still drinking a fair amount. Uh, but I mean, anyone who drinks alcohol is probably drinking more right now than they ever have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's my lunch break now is while she's hired me out. to lift some weights while we talk. Oh, very nice. Oh, they're the scary metal ones. Um, so. So, yeah, so I'm doing that and it, I feel much better. It is kind of like, uh, that's like my one, it's my two hours, which like could be respite. Yeah. You know, but instead I'm just like, ah, um, right. but it is still like, it is still mental respite, but it seems like, oh, I could take my lunch break and like take a nap or yes. just like, I don't know, fuck around or whatever, but. That's what I do. I plop my ass on the couch. I eat and then I'm like, oh God. And I go to the couch for like a half hour. And I'm like, I should go outside. I should walk. I should get some steps. And I never do. Well, it's weird now because we were going on walks and stuff, but now it just seems weird. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel comfortable just like going for walks for fun yeah. right now. Unnecessary walk. Yeah. Especially now that starting Friday we have to wear masks outside. Yeah. Um, so even like if we were just walking around the block, we wouldn't put a mask on. Yeah. Because you can even like, and I, you know, I walked and just, I walked to the mailbox one day and didn't wear a mask. And it was just like if I saw someone, I'd cross the street or whatever. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. It just seems weird to, like, go for a stroll now. Yeah, yeah. You have to only go when you need to. Yeah. And it's weird, like, uh, uh, we haven't taken Nellie out on her bike in a little bit just because it feels weird to be recreationally doing it. But it's also dumb because it's, like, we're being so protective of our children, but they're, like, the least at risk. Yeah, yeah. And they're also the biggest little buttheads like they need to stretch and yeah i don't know i go back and forth about the whole thing like you'll see people out and some people just seem to be doing it right and some people aren't and we're being so careful we're wearing our masks when we go anywhere 
outside of like this tiny radius. And then Mark takes Bo for a walk to go splash in the puddles. And on their walk home, there was like people leaving a house by us. Like they just had a fucking birthday party or something. Mm -hmm. And one of the kids runs up and touches Mark's hand. (laughs) Did Mark smack him in the face? Like that's not okay on a normal day to just run up to a stranger and touch his hand, you little weirdo. It's like, oh my god, you just start screaming, which he did not. I would have been like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, are you just completely unaware, or you just don't give a shit? Yeah, fuck everybody else. I think maybe like, that. it doesn't matter how many, like how well you obey the rules. If no one's, like, I saw the meme that was like. If some people wear a mask and some people don't, it's like having a peeing section in the swimming pool. Right. Like, it's just not, not going to work. Yeah. Only as strong as our weakest link. And, I mean, I know everybody knows this, but it's worth reiterating. Wearing a mask is not for you. It's for other people. I've seen so much stuff on Facebook where people are like, well, I don't need to protect myself, so I'm fine. Yeah. It's not about you. Not about you, dickwad. Um, I did see one, and again, like speculation. You're like this, we're just like maybe this, maybe this, maybe this. One fucking random thing I saw, which I can't even say what its credentials would be, was like, okay, if no one wears a mask, this is how the germs work. Oh <laughs> if yeah. The sick, if the sick person wears, or if the well person wears the masks, it's slightly reduced, but not by much. Mm-hmm. If the sick person wears the mask, is reduced by quite a bit more. But if both the people are wearing a mask, it's the safest. So everyone should be wearing a mask. And when you go to the store and you see like a couple and one of them is wearing a mask and one of them isn't, you just want to punch somebody in the face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh. I feel so bad for those like Instacart people right now too. That'd be a horrible job. job. Going to the grocery store or, you know, working at the grocery store also. Yeah. I wish there was like a way to tip grocery store people right now because mm-hmm. I every time I check out I want to be like oh my god thank you <laughs> yeah yes um to be fair I have not been going to the store for the most part Mark's been doing all that but when it first started and I went to the store once I saw like our regular lady and I was like oh my god I need to buy her like a visa gift card or something and then I haven't gone back but that's probably feasible. Like if you bought somebody just like a $20 Visa gift card and gave it to her and were like, hey, do whatever you want with this. Thank you. Thank you for being here for me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you uh, for selling me my gross pregnancy craving food. Oh my God. Thank you for not saying anything when I bought two cases of beer. Yeah. Just being like, essential items. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how about you? You got a win? Oh, wait. Oh, one more thing about my win is mm-hmm. that I tried to work out when Nellie was awake, but it infuriates her. Like, she, I was doing, so I'm doing push-ups on a yoga mat, and Nellie starts sobbing, and is what? like, Mommy, stop laying on that pillow. <gasps> Why? I have no idea. Oh, my God. She's gotten so clingy, like... Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I I haven't taken a poop without either her standing in the bathroom or just, like, sobbing outside the door. Oh, well, no. Well, even if Chris, even if I'm like, Chris, I'm going to go to the bathroom, like, can you contain this child for five minutes? She's just, 
mommy. She's just like, please. We're not quite that bad, but there is a lot of that. Like today they came in from the outside and he's like, mommy, wash my hands. Like daddy could not do it. Mm. Mommy, wash my hands. Mommy, read my books. Mommy, do the thing. Mama. I'm actually mama. Mm. Like, oh my God. Okay. Why? I don't wash hands better than Dada. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was also slightly offended at her. Me doing push-ups was laying on a pillow. Laying on a pillow? Stop. Stop laying on a pillow. Stop napping. I'm like, fuck you. This is hard. (laughs) When I, the very few times I've tried to work out, I've done, uh, uh, what's it called? What am I? Pregnant. Yeah. But what's the other way of putting it? Prenatal. Prenatal. There it is. Prenatal Mm -hmm. yoga. Took me a minute. Um, and Bo's basically like, I'm doing goat yoga. I'm just trying, and then there's just a bow on my back, <laughs> standing there. I'm like, oh, this is what goat yoga must be like. <sighs> so we don't get very far. Uh, goat yoga sounds disgusting. Yeah, also, it looks when like... When people do it, the, I'm like, why? Yeah, I like kind of watch like watching the video, but I'm like, I don't want to actually do that. I don't want a goat on me. Yeah. Beyond them being like gross and dirty and smelly and stuff, aren't their little hooves sharp? Oh, yeah, probably. Like I don't know. Pointy little hooves. Yes. Look at you touching your eye over and over again. Oh, I know. It itches. I think I have a cat hair in it. Uh, um, um, yeah, so do you have a win? I do. I do have a win. It is, well, it stems from a fail. <laughs> it just like a lack of patience, you know, and wanting to scream and yell all the time. But I've gone full mom over here. And it works. And so those things where you're like, I will never do that. But here we are. Uh, we've had great success with, okay, I need you to do whatever. Let's say it's pick up a toy. I need you to pick up your toys. And I'm going to count to five. If you don't pick up those toys before I'm done counting five, you're going to be in trouble. One. And then he's just like. It's become like a game. Like a contest to see. If he'll, he'll get it done before five to the point now where he's, I'm even like, Hey, I'm going to need you to pick up that spoon. You just threw on the floor. I'd be like, count. <laughs> like, okay. Shit. But it works. So whatever. But I am the mom now that counts to five. I accept it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Chris does it sometimes. I never think to. Oh man. I but- just. I like very consciously did it the first time. I'm like, I'm going to try this shit and see what happens. And from the very first time, he was just like, okay, like it's just instilled okay. in them or something. Like, yeah. got it. Like, I wonder when she was going to pull this shit out on me. <laughs> Challenge um, accepted, mom. Yeah. And well, not the very first time, but I've been utilizing it a lot with the potty training. Oh. So we're doing fairly well with that. The reason it's not my win. And the counting was because the counting, I'm like seeing it working and knowing the success. The potty training, I'm like, I don't know if we're winning or not. Like, I can't. He's doing it. He hasn't wet himself in quite a while. He hasn't pooped in his pants in like a week at least. But the reason I'm still like, is this where we're supposed to be right now? Is, is two reasons. One, the dude does not put his penis down. I can't tell you how many times in a given day I say, Right, sit down on the potty. No, is your penis down? No, is it pointing all the way down though? Because that stuff is just like, like the Bellagio. It's just like all <laughs> beautiful. 
it's beautiful. And so you hear Celine Dion in the background. <laughs> it's horrifying. And so trying to get him to put his penis down. And the second part is like, I think to be fully successful, like you get your certificate in potty training, he needs to start going without being told. Hmm. And he doesn't do that yet either, where it's like, you need to push down your pants instead of the potty. I don't want to walk on a pit in a potty. Come on, Bo. I'll give you fucking nine things if you just push down your pants instead of the potty. <laughs> okay. And then he will, because he gets mm. to watch a video or play a game on my phone or something. Or eat one so, M&M or whatever. Yes. or Well, those come after the pee for oh. sure. Um, and then if he goes poop, he gets the big stuff. Like today, he's like, I'm going to poop. I'm going to eat two cookies. I'm like, yeah, you got it, buddy. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to, I'll see if I can muster up a turd. Cause I would love yeah, a, cookie for a right couple now. Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it just doesn't feel like a full success yet until he starts just like walking up to the toilet and sitting down and mm-hmm. putting his penis down and taking a leak. Hmm. I have no idea because Nellie has no interest in potty training. So I have, I haven't a clue. I have no clue. Have, no have you tried just whipping off her pants and tossing her on the pot? Uh, she kind of freaks out. She's not, uh, she doesn't want to be on there. I think, um, well, she confided in Chris uh, earlier today that she does not want to pee on the potty that mommy and daddy pee on. She wants to pee on her own potty. Oh. Because, you well, know, we good. have that little mini seat that you sat yeah. on that one time accidentally. Yes. Um, uh, and so now we think maybe we have to get her in one of those little gross personal child toilets. Yes. They definitely appreciate those more. Plus, they travel, which is nice. You can plop them down in front of the TV or put it in their room or in the kitchen or wherever <laughs> the hell. And, I mean, it's been in every room. I think it's been in every room except for our room. Our room's the only room that hasn't had, like, urine splashed around in it. Um, <laughs> From Bo, anyway. From, yeah, I mean, Mark and I pee all over the room. Um, the, it is disgusting though, especially when you have like a weak pregnancy belly. Like when he pooped today, I threw up and swallowed it back down because we were in the living room. So I couldn't <laughs> let it out. It just like a little came up in my mouth and I was like, nope. Oh God, it's so gross. Wait, and so it- were you cleaning out? Were you cleaning it out or you were just like, oh, there's poop no, in the living room? he just pooped and I pulled him up off to wipe his butt and it was just like this hugest pile and it smelled so god awful and I couldn't handle it and Mark was in a meeting and so I just shut the lid and put it in the bathroom and was like, he's just going to have to take care of this when he's done with this meeting. So here's my question. Uh, what do you do with the poop? Do you like scoop it out into the toilet no the so i think all the potties are probably like this where there's like a pan Uh uh-huh inside the toilet so you just pull up that pan and yeah you just go dump it in the toilet and flush it and then take some toilet paper and clean it out or maybe some spray or wipes or whatever okay clean out the pan and put it back on the toilet and does it not get on like the sides of little toilet or um, a couple times it's gotten a little bit on the seat, but yeah, you just okay. so take just wipes and pan, clean up. You empty little pan. And is that oh, yeah. what you do for pee too? You just kind of like carry this dish yeah. of pee over to the toilet and then dump it yeah. in it? And for the first few weeks, that was a big part of the ritual that Bo liked was he carried the pan himself very slowly and carefully and he dumped <laughs> it and he flushed the toilet. 
But now he's kind of over that part. So we're like, all right, Bo, go dump your potty. He's like, no, you do it. <laughs> okay, say please. Um, so he's over it, which is good because there's less splashing. Yeah, horrifying. Do it. Yeah. No, thank um, you. But you will need a lot of paper towels and a lot of cleaning spray and carpet spray and all the mm. things. Well, I hear now is a great time to get cleaning spray. So Yeah, right. Yeah. And paper towels and yeah. toilet paper. Yeah, These are all just, just like super essential. Available. Yeah. And easy. Uh yeah. Luckily we had all that shit before this all went down. Thank you, Costco, for letting us hoard before we needed to hoard. Yeah, we were like weirdly okay. Cause like basically every time we go to Target we buy a three pack of Lysol wipes. Uh-huh. Um so we had more than enough. We still have oh. them. Um well, thank goodness. Go. And um What's the other thing? Oh, I'd been trying to use up my flex spending account for medical stuff, oh. you know, because I didn't spend. I even though I put like a very small amount in it this past year, I uh, I still didn't have enough. So we just have a lot of like weird things, like I don't know, like rubbing alcohol and yeah. you know stuff that I was just like, oh, I gotta spend it or I'll lose this money, and yeah. even some stuff that I thought counted but didn't. So, like, oh, uh, children's Tylenol or whatever, you know, because yeah. there's stuff like they have these signs that say FSA eligible, but then it's like only if it's doctor prescribed or something. I don't know. Oh, anyway, so I ended up buying like a ton of shit that. But the rubbing I, alcohol, that's hot commodity right now. Yeah. So I got a whole bottle. It took us a while to get one of those. Mm, I got a bottle. I got, we got everything. We had a lot of hand sanitizer for some reason. I don't know. We, we kind of lucked out. Um, yeah, yeah, good for you. Yeah, do you do you have a fail? I mean, I guess my whole existence is the, <laughs> is the main fail. Um, but to get slightly more specific, I think it would just be—I don't even know how to pinpoint it. Like, if it's my lack of energy or ability to like be productive with Bo. Or if it's the fact that, like, I don't know, I just need to do something that puts some more structure into his life. Like, I tried to do, okay, the weekly art project to hang in the window that was going on in the neighborhood. I'm like, okay, this week is Disney characters. We need to draw some Disney characters, hang them up in the window. And he's like, no. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever. And just, like, finding some sort of, like, activity and structure for both of us. And I'm not putting a lot of effort into making that happen. Well, you may remember I have those assignments coming from daycare. Um, I'm approximately 11 days behind on them. But if oh. if you want to know any of them, you, I'm happy to share them. That is pretty exciting. Yes, you should. I don't know that we will do it. Who the fuck knows? But yeah. it sounds like a really great idea. Yeah, I'll share them with you. I'll yeah, thanks. And again, it's like, I'll be like, Nellie, we're going to make a face out of construction paper. And she'll be like, no. And I'm like, okay. All right. Like, Another Peppa Pig care. then? Fantastic. Yeah. Um, which leads into my fail. However, I wanted to check with you if you wanted to share. I thought of a fail for you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, just uh, because you had mentioned it, I think, when we were on like a Zoom, a Saturday night Zoom call or whatever. Oh, how did I forget to tell that? 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That, that is a fail for sure. Thank you. You're welcome. I would say that last Saturday was one of the biggest fails where I was just like, I'm not potty training anymore. I'm done. So this is when Bo was still shitting his pants consistently. <laughs> so he dumped out in his pants with no diaper on. And I was like, oh, buddy, I just asked you if you had to go poop and sit on the toilet. And he's like, oh, I pooped in pants. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> they take off his pants full of poop, just full of poop. And I get him to sit down on the potty in the kitchen. So I'm like, all right, sit down on your potty, put your penis down, as I say 500 times a day. I go to the bathroom, dump the poop out, try and rinse the pants a little bit, come back into the kitchen to throw the pants into the washing machine and check on him. And he has peed, but he did not put the penis down. So the urine went all over the floor and I'm walking and I slip on it. And go down to my knees. So at that point, I was just like, potty training's fucking over. Where are the diapers? Oh, God. It was disgusting. Oh, God. It was literally like I Love Lucy, except (laughs) it was shit and piss. (laughs) Oh. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) It's burned in my memory. Um, Oh, so my fail is screen time related. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been like, oh my God, I feel terrible. Like, she's watch- just watching Peppa Pig all the time, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, we're only doing it when we're super busy and, like, trying to get work done, so it's okay. Like, you got to do what you got to do. And then one day, I just was like, I found myself, I'm sitting on my bed, drinking a beer, playing Candy Crush on my phone, and I can, like, hear her watching Peppa Pig in the other room. And I was like, what am I doing? Man, I I can't blame you. <laughs> it was just, like, the stupidest, like, oh, my God, I am not using this. I keep being like, ugh, I would never. And then I'm just, like, relying on it. It's probably, like... Chris set a timer on the iPad so that it the internet turns off on it after she's been on for three hours. Oh wow! I mean, not straight, but in the day and over the course of a day. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Except uh, we'll be like, oh shit, it turned off. Chris, turn it back on again. <laughs> turn this fucking alarm off. Oh man, yeah. That's it's. There's no rules right now, though. And it's going to be really hard when we start to transition back to real life because we're going to be like, okay, back to real life. And they're not. But right now, like, you just got to do what you need to do to get by. And if it's Peppa Pig in one room and Candy Crush and beer in the next room, that's what it is. (laughs) I just needed a moment. I I want to drink three gin martinis. I know. I can't even. I apologize. I've been like, I've been drinking so much of this whole thing. And poor you. Uh, It's fine. I just, I don't know why I'm craving gin specifically. Yeah, gin's terrible. Three is probably way too many. I don't know why I keep saying three. I'd be wasted. Because I'd be tipsy with one. So maybe two. I needed to drink. I would love to drink two gin martinis. I approve. On that I mean, note, right now, I don't really have much for pregnancy corner because I constantly forget I'm pregnant. But so at my last um, ultrasound, I found out I have placenta previa, which means that my placenta is blocking the exit hole. Hmm. Um, 
And I guess this is like fairly common in 90% of the time it actually gets the hell out of the way before you give birth. And it was early enough. I was 24 weeks. There's like, yeah, you'll probably be fine. But it comes with some consequences. While it is blocking the hole, nothing can go in the hole. So they give me this whole runaround as they're talking about it. Like, yeah, it'll probably move. And they said you have like a 50 to 90% chance that it moves. I'm like, which one? Yeah, that's a long, that's a big Or 90. <laughs> so I did my own research. It sounds like it's about 90. But like, yeah, you know, hopefully it'll move. If it doesn't, they will schedule a C-section at 36 weeks. Mm-hmm. So that sounds insane because one, I was planning on not having a C-section and two, 36 weeks is like the last week of June. So then I'm having this baby early and then all that. I'm like, okay, got it, got it. And they're like, oh, and then, um, you know, nothing can go in. So no douchey, no tampons. I'm like, yeah, I have yeah, well, not having my period. So fine. Yeah. So thank you. And no sex. I was like, what? This is a fucking pandemic. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so that's, we'll find out if that's been fixed up on mm. Thursday. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And up your puss. That's where my oh, crossed shoot. fingers are. La, 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 they la, didn't la, la, say la. crossed fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we take a break and then talk to Jessica and see what it's like to actually have to deal with this bullshit? Okay, great. All right, let's do it. Welcome back. Everybody, we have our very special guest for you today. This is Jessica Bromley. Jessica, say hello to our audience. Hi, everyone. Jessica is a mother, and she is also a nurse. She works in a hospital. And uh, like we've mentioned, you know, a lot because it's all we can think about, there's some crazy shit going on. So working (laughs) in a hospital sounds like kind of hard, right? Um, So Jessica, can you just introduce yourself to the audience? Tell us about Uh, Your husband, your kid, and a little bit about what kind of, what capacity you are a nurse. Sure. So my name's Jessica. Um, I am married, my husband's Alex, and we have a one and a half year old daughter, Mia. Um, I've been working as a nurse for five years now, and I work, um, originally I worked with pulmonary patients. I've kind of kept the same job since I started as a nurse. I never left, um. But it was a pulmonary medicine unit, so we do a lot of pneumonia patients, a lot of chronic COPD patients, and um, now, since that was my specialty before, we've been completely converted over to a COVID unit, so that's all I do now. Um, Converted (laughs) over. Now, is this the kind of thing when <laughs> when they come in and they're like, hey, guess what? Spoiler alert, you're going to be a COVID unit, that you could be like, no, thank you. No, not really. Um we, it was really kind of a tough transition because we have nurses that have asthma and they were really concerned about it. We have nurses that are well into their fifties that have husbands with comorbidities. Like there was a lot of fear going into this, but they're like, take it or leave it. Like, this is your job. Um, this is what you signed up for. Have at it. Damn. And and is that like specifically because you're a pulmonary unit that you got picked for this, I assume? It was, um, and it has been like a whole hospital-wide initiative for sure, um, but my floor specifically, they de- de- they designated an ICU and a medical floor, um, so an intensive care unit, which I'm not a part of, and then the medical unit, um, but my staff wasn't enough to staff the unit as a whole, so they do pull from other units around the hospital, 
Um, but my floors, the core staff, we don't go back to our home unit or anything like that. Like this is it now. Whoa. Wow. So are you, oh my gosh, I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> Ask away. <laughs> well, the first one is, so are you living at home or do you like live in a tent in your garage or whatever? No, I live at home and it's been, um, the majority of the nurses that I work with have made the decision that they're going to kind of stay with their family. Granted, nobody I live with has immune issues or anything like that. We're not immunocompromised in any way, but um, the majority of people that I work with have decided to stay at home with their family. I don't see any extended family, um, mm-hmm. but I haven't isolated myself from Mia or Alex, my husband. Um, and that originally I wanted them to go stay with his parents, my in-laws up at, they live in Michigan. I wanted him to take her and go and stay there, but he said no. So we all stayed together. And I'm glad that that was the decision because this is going to be going on for a long time. Um, So there was no end in sight. Like originally when it started, I think even in the healthcare system, we were naive, like this is going to be a two week stint. And then, you know, a month from now, we're going to be back to normal. But I mean, obviously that's not how this is going. So. Right, right. That would be a really long time to just have one of the hardest jobs in existence anyway, um, times a million plus no family. So I'm glad you all can be together. Tristan, we, okay, choose your own adventure. Should we talk about home life or hospital life? Let's do home first. So we'll talk about home life first. So my first question on that would be, what does coming home from work entail? I imagine it has a lot. <laughs> yeah, so... um we were going to, my husband has a 2008 Honda Civic that we've driven like over 200,000 miles and we were going to sell it like this past winter, but thankfully we didn't because now we call it the COVID car. So I drive that to and from work and that is the only person, like that's, that's it. It just goes to and from the hospital. Nobody else goes in and out of it. Ah. Um, we wear hospital scrubs, so I go to work in, like, pajamas, and then I change into scrubs there that then I change out of, and they stay at work. Um, I have shoes that stay only at work, and then I drive home in the COVID car, and I undress in the garage, and I take wow. a shower, and then I do see my family. Oof. I don't isolate myself past that. Great. That sounds like you're taking all the precautions without having to live in a hole. I try to. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you don't know if you've ever been exposed because you're not going to feel sick right away, but we're just going to hope for the best here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I totally get that. Like at first you might be like, oh, well, we should isolate la la la, but this thing's forever. Like. Right. You would never they, see um, your child. My store is asking us to kind of make a year long commitment to this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's a lot to ask Whoa. of us, but they want us, they're like, this is probably going to be open for a year. I mean, the society's obviously going to hopefully open more than that, but we're still going to be taking, these patients aren't going to go anywhere. People are going to still keep getting sick and we're going to need a dedicated staff to take care of them. But I mean, we kind of wanted to start family planning right around now, too. So it's it's hard to say oh that, goodness. yeah, I'll stick around for a year. <laughs> right. Um, so 
I'm imagining you're one of two extremes and maybe, maybe you land somewhere in the middle, but I'm imagining you're either like, Oh my God, Mia, don't put your fingers in your mouth. And oh my God, you know, just like freaking out about everything. Or you're like, whatever, I've seen the worst of it. We're fine. Where were you? Definitely more of that second extreme. I'm, I'm going to be that person that brushes something off until it is a complete emergency. Cause I'm like, ah, it's not that bad. You're fine. I've seen worse. <laughs> yeah. I just let her go at it. Right. So you're doing all this crazy, horrible, la la la. Is Alex, is he working from home still? Or oh, is he a work from home kind of guy right now? He is. He's a work from home kind of guy. So I've heard you guys talk about it. It's pretty impossible with a toddler. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still rely on my parents. They are our daycare. Um, oh, okay. Alex drives Mia over to my parents' house in the morning and they do watch her throughout the day. Uh, so we're not the greatest at social distancing here, but we're making it work. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I can't imagine having to work and be the only person in charge of a child. Yeah, with his job too, they're they're kind of like instead of easing up on the social distance, like on the whole work from home issue, they're like cracking down. They're like, we got to make sure you guys are actually doing your job well. So I think he he's in sales. And I think when he was working in the office, they had to make like 75 calls a day and they've upped it to 100 now that he's working from home just to keep everybody honest in oh, some some sort of way. That sucks. So, yeah, his job's definitely gotten harder working from home, and they're putting the pressure more on the people out working. So I do. And when I'm even home, it's it's harder because I only work three days a week. So sometimes we're all home together, and I'm trying to keep Mia occupied, and I just know he's trying to get through his work day at home, which is way different dynamic. But I'm sure you're also just, like, physically and emotionally so exhausted Yeah, I feel like a lot of my job, it's changed a lot, like the job, but I've always had a very easy time at leaving work at work. Um, There's a lot more anxiety that I didn't have before, Mm -hmm. but when I'm home, like it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right when I'm actually home. When I'm at work, it's a different story. (laughs) Good for you. But I, but I leave it there. (laughs) That's good that you can do that. So, and the other how many days are there in a week? Four days of the week. You're at home with me and she does not go to your parents on those days. So you're just like balancing her and trying to keep her out of the room where he's making calls and all that. Right. Yeah. We have the spare bedroom kind of converted over to an office and I just keep her downstairs. We go outside if it's nice out. But um, our routine prior to this was we had this little community playroom we would go to every day and that would be her entertainment but that's not an option anymore so we just try and yeah keep her entertained as much as you can entertain a toddler she's right the nice weather's helped we let her run it out yeah this these ages like year and a half and our two and a half year olds is very strange because you can't fully explain everything there's no schoolwork all they know is being like held up right Um, we're not going like she's not even going to the store anymore which like that in itself was an outing like you got her out of the house you got her seeing people but she's just you know chilling with us right i'm a homebody so this really isn't that painful for me but i think (laughs) it is for her (laughs) yeah yeah nelly's definitely been missing hanging out with her 
her buddies and everything. We saw our neighbor yeah. today just like going by who is also a toddler. And she was like, my <laughs> friend, my friend. Oh, oh no. It's horrible. <laughs> our, we go, we walk around the block a lot and she, she walks. We don't like push her in a stroller or anything. We just hold her hand and walk. And if somebody's sitting like out on the porch, she goes, hi. And then as we're almost past the driveway, she goes, Bye. Oh, my God. When did you learn that? This is the only human connection I have. Um, Great. So uh, any other questions about home, Tristan? I don't think so. Other than like what's just sort of general your own life at home. Like what's what's Mia doing right now? What's what's fun about her? What sucks about her? She's she knows exactly what she's not allowed to do and she does it like she loves the negative attention um she like goes thing to thing just waiting for you to tell her no and then she like looks at you and smiles and she's like i'm gonna do it anyways (laughs) no so she's she's trouble in that way but um we watch she she loves frozen she absolutely loves frozen so we watch that at least once a day which is a lot (laughs) Oh a lot God. of Frozen. That is a lot. Yeah. Have you got delved into Frozen two yet, or are you not Disney? We so plus Disney. Um, Frozen two is her favorite. That's the one. It's actually the one we both watched first. Oh, but she we like it a lot. Like there's a little tune in it, and she she tunes into it as soon as we turn it on. Um, but yeah, we we do go out in the backyard. We have a fenced-in backyard and a swing set, so she's we spend all of our available good days out there. Yeah, which is that's nice. good. That's good. Where where are you, Jessica? What state? We're in Illinois. Oh we're South Chicago suburbs. Oh, okay. Oh, when you said good weather, I just assumed you were somewhere else. No, no. <laughs> there hasn't been many days. <laughs> so I have one more question for you before we get to work-related stuff. Um, when it comes to, like, going out in public, which – um, you know, shopping or whatever else essential you're doing. What precautions do you take? And what do you see people doing that you're like, you're dumb? <laughs> um, so I do wear a mask. Alex does most of the shopping now, just so I limit my exposure to other people. Because if anything, I'm definitely somebody who's higher risk of spreading the virus than helping the situation. Mm-hmm, right. um, but I've gone out to the store a couple of times and um, I wear a mask. I've been trying to talk Alex into wearing a mask, but he feels other. Uh, he's just like, I don't want to. I'm, soon he's going to have to. But yeah, um, I think May 1st, yeah, May 1st right? right? Friday. Yeah, May 1st. But we really, neither of us have been out that much. We try to like cluster everything that we're doing and buy a bunch at once and stay at home for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Um. But I see a lot of people wearing masks. I see a lot of people wearing masks, but like tucking them under the chin. And I'm like, why? Right. And then the glove wearing thing, like some people I'm sure are doing it appropriately. And then other people like there's no real reason to wear gloves out in public. It's not really going to help or hurt anything. Because um, you must just be cross contaminating all the time, right? Like, just- right. I, it's It really just helps move things around. But usually when people take gloves off you have to wash your hands anyways. Like when you take gloves off, you have to, everything that was on the gloves potentially gets on your hands. Hmm. So we just see people, you know, like holding, using their gloves and then touching their phone and then getting in their car and driving their car with their gloves on. It's like, you might as well not be wearing them anyways. (laughs) Right. But 
you know, it doesn't hurt, really. It just doesn't really help anything either. How do you feel about the people in their car alone with a mask on? You know, I've actually caught myself doing that a couple times. <laughs> we have to we have to wear our mask the whole time we're at work. Um, whether we're in or out of a room, we're have, we have to wear masks to keep each other from getting each other sick. Yeah. If, you know, so you just get so used to wearing it. And then I'll be like half of the way home. I'm like, Jesus, I could have taken this off like 20 oh. minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Instead of being like, look at this idiot. I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no reason to unless you're the only reason to wear a mask is to keep the person next to you from getting sick. That's probably a good transition into some work business, right? So you have to wear a mask all day long at work. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do that? Because I have to wear a mask when I go. I don't go to the store. Mark does. But when I go to my <laughs> ultrasound or my doctor's appointments, I have to wear one. And I feel like I'm dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how do yeah. you wear it for uh, these long shifts? You get used to it a little bit. But we just we have to. Um so we're there for about 13 hours and 13 hours. And it's funny because everybody's like around three o'clock. I start getting really tired and we're like, yeah, me too. And we think like, we're just, you know, you're breathing in your own air for so long. You just kind of start to want to pass out. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> and what, what kind of mask do you have right now? I know the mask situation is sort of tremulous. Yeah. So we wear, it's just like a very simple surgical mask. Um, there's nothing really protective about it. Um, and we wear those for the majority of the situation. And then if there's any special procedure going on with our patients where they consider the virus to potentially be aerosolized, um, where it could be spread easier, they ask us to wear, um, like a respirator type of mask. So we have special masks we've been tested for. You know, ever like mostly we would only wear it in like a tuberculosis situation. We had mm. a patient we were taking care of with tuberculosis. We would wear the airborne mask, um, the respirators, but those are in really low supply right now. So uh, my hospital got really lucky. And early on before this was like a huge, you know, pandemic sort of situation, one of our ER doctors went and purchased a bunch of um, these like reusable respirator masks. Oh. And it looks like a Darth Vader sort of thing. Smart. <laughs> uh, so we do, we wear those anytime, you know, we're concerned about an aerosolized procedure. Um, we, a lot of us wear those throughout the day. If um, somebody's getting a treatment that, you know, that's appropriate for. Um, but it was a huge transition because when this whole started, um, when we first started treating Corona patients, they're like, you need to wear a respirator at all times. Like that's, and then, the CDC released these guidelines that said, you know, in other situations, if they're not available, like droplet precautions are okay. So just a surgical mask is fine. And then, you know, there's a lot of distrust in that. Like a lot of the staff is like, is this just situational? Is this for convenience? Are you guys kind of putting us in the fire? Or is, you know, is this really true? Um, but it's just, you know, we're learning about the virus. Right. And making do with what we have at the same time. So huh i saw a guy at the grocery store the other day who had like a one of those it was like a welding mask or like (laughs) a a, like a one that um someone in a riot squad would wear like like full 
hard sheet of plastic. Yeah. Andy had a mess, a little, a little cloth one on under. So. Yeah. They it, do have us wear eye protectant too. When we go into these rooms, we wear like face shields or goggles at the okay. same time. Okay. That is so wow. scary. I feel like that would make me more freaked out. The fact that I had to be wearing that stuff, I'd be like, I'm going to die. Yeah, that's kind of what we're all feeling. <laughs> At the same time, we're like, you know, the majority of us were all younger and, yeah, we all kind of feel like a lot of us feel like it's inevitable. Like we're going to get sick at some point, so get it over with. But we don't know. We don't know how this is going to play out yet. Right. So that's the other thing is like, okay, your hospital said prepare for a year of this. Uh, that's easier said than done. Are you prepared for a year of this? No, I'm, I'm not. Like, we were, Alex and I were talking about our second kids soon, and I, just, I couldn't do it under these circumstances. I had a really hard, my pregnancy was super fine. The other patients, but I had a really hard pregnancy. So I couldn't imagine other people. No. I can't exist in this era pregnant right now. Like, it's just, it's too hard. <laughs> How badly do you want to quit your job? <laughs> if I didn't need my job, I, you know, there was a lot of talk early on in all of this. Like, you know, you don't really need the job. It's fine, but we do. Like, it's, you know, it's important. And it's my career too. Like, I worked really hard for this job and I've grown a lot in my role at work. It's, it's hard to fathom to just like quit and put it behind you. And most people haven't. So you don't want to, there's an other layer of it where you don't want to be that person who's job searching and they're wondering why you left your previous job. And it's because you bailed during, you know, a worldwide pandemic where you were really needed. Have there been there's, many people that have quit at your, at your hospital? Not no, there's only one person that did out of, wow. you know, my 70 something staff members on my floor alone. There was only one person who quit and she was, she was less than part-time on night shift. Okay. All right. So a lot of people were, just, you know, we're all, we're all in it together. We, you know, we bitch about it together, but we're all still going through it. Yeah. I mean that, I mean, that is very noble and I feel like that's, the kind of people that go into that line of work too, you know, you're not going to be, it's not going to be people that are like, I only want to be a nurse when it's easy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it never it's, is. It's, it's hard, just not We want to like, there's a lot of us that want to just be like, stick it to management. Like our direct management has been amazing through this whole process, but like the hospital wide system as a whole, you feel like you're the people making the decisions are so far removed from actually taking care of people. And you just get so mad about it. Like, how? who are they to tell us this or that or whatever they're trying to get out to all of us or what we're going to reuse for protective equipment and how they're going to clean it. And you just get really upset about it because they're so far removed. They're not the ones taking care of anybody. But I don't know where I was going with that. But that's where a lot of, like, the frustration comes from. Right. For sure. Yeah. I yeah. Like I was, I was going to touch on that know. a little and say... Like, I was thinking, oh, yeah, of course you don't want to quit. This is your career. You went through all this schooling. They didn't really cover this in school. No. Yes. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I, it's like, how much of your day is you're like, well, I don't fucking know. I guess this, right? Like, does that happen a lot? 
Yeah. Now, especially like it's very common to even say when you're talking to family because the families aren't there. Like these patients are here alone. They're in isolated rooms with the door closed. We're using baby monitors in the rooms so we could see a lot of these patients um, because there's a very heavy nursing home presence. You know, these nursing homes are getting really sick. And so we're getting these patients with dementia who don't know what's going on. Now they're isolated in a room. And then the only person, like the only people contact they're seeing are people wearing full masks and gowns. And like, it's, it's so frightening to them. They don't know what's going on. So we have baby monitors in the room so we can keep tabs on them when we're not there. They're asking us to limit the amount of times we're going into a room to preserve the amount of protective equipment we have on hand. So we're, you know, we're working with our like CNAs and our, um, our care techs, you know, so this is when I'm going to go in the room. So you don't go in at this time. So we're trying to stagger when we're going in. So we're not all going in at once and wasting anything. Um, but it's, oh, wow. yeah, it's, it's different. It's hard. It's a different type of nursing than we've ever done. So we're talking to the families on the phone. They're calling us a lot, obviously for every right reason concerned about their family members. And we're, a lot of our answers have to be like, we don't know. We're learning about this as we go. Like we're, these drugs aren't clinically proven to work for anything. There's no real studies that have shown like this is the right way to treat this because it's brand new. Any study is very limited. It's not, you know, there's no high reliability on anything here. So it's, it's definitely been the first time in my career where you have to tell people like, we're doing our best, but I'm not sure. Like we're trying, but we'll see how this goes. Oh right. God, that is so, oh, that's so scary. That's so frustrating. Cause like I do that in my job sometimes, but it's not like about whether someone's going to die or not. You know, it's just like about, oh, when wow. you'll get this thing you wanted. And so, right. and so, and I feel horrible having to be like, I don't know. We're, we're trying to figure it out. So yeah, uh, <laughs> that's so how that a lot of my worse. phone calls go now. <laughs> Um, so do they get to FaceTime, like see their, their significant or whatever their loved one? Yeah, we, um, I mean, if sadly a lot of our population is older and they don't have their own iPhones or, you know, whatever to be able to do that with the family. So, um, just re- like this past week, the hospital has gotten enough iPads to be able to distribute throughout the floors to use that for that reason. But it's being allocated a lot for the patients who are going on hospice care and that we're expecting to pass. And those are the ones we're using the iPads the most for. Um, but I have, you know, used my own phone and we've, we've made things work as best as we can. So people can, and every patient has their own room phone so they can call their family members. Their family members can call them directly. Um, but for the video aspect of it, where we have the iPads that we're just starting to use now. And we use a lot of it too. Like the nurses out at the nursing station will call the patients before we go in there and just make sure they don't need anything extra before we go in Mm. and try and just touch base with them throughout the day. Since we're not, it's so, it's so strange as a nurse, like we're used to being there constantly. Like even if they don't need anything, we're popping our head in the door and being like, Hey, you need anything? You doing okay. And that's just not something we can do anymore. So does get it, so are they now like, Ugh, if if you're given an iPad or you're like, oh, shit, this means I'm going to die? <laughs> no, oh, okay. no, it's 
I mean, the patients, at least where I'm, where I'm sitting outside of the intensive care unit, um, it's, it's discussed a lot of, you know, a lot beforehand and the families are all on board. Like, you know, we understand that the progression of this disease can be devastating and resuscitation attempts can be devastating. Like when people fill out their do not resuscitate orders before this happened, there's a lot more, you know, like it probably won't happen. I don't really see a situation where we would need, you know, we want to be, we want to remain a full code because I don't see any reason why I would need to be resuscitated. Mm. But now that this is a thing, like people are really having to understand there's a good possibility you're, their respiratory status is going to fail them and resuscitation. We have to, you know, explain to them how brutal it can be and how, you know, under certain circumstances, it's not necessarily going to help anything. You know, if we resuscitate you and get you on a breathing machine, the hopes of getting you off of it aren't that great. And these are, you know, when, when I'm talking about this, these are 90 year old patients. Like it's, it's a hard conversation to have, but we, we, we try to be honest in the fact that resuscitation is not always the best outcome. Right. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Uh, I know you said you like leave work at work, but when you come home and you strip down, you go shower and you can finally see Mia, do you just hold her and cry for like an hour or <laughs> what? <laughs> No, I mean, maybe I'm not a very emotional person, <laughs> which is good. Like, I have a lot of deep empathy, and I think that's part of the reason I became a nurse. But, like, I do have a pretty easy time leaving it. Like, I drop it and I leave it. <laughs> I don't Take know it if that's anything bad car. about me. But, um, you know, okay. I come home and I'm really happy to see, you know, my family and I – I've never not put Mia to bed. I usually get home around 8, 8.30, and she waits up for me, and I put her to bed. So Aww. it's kind of our, so our routine. So now that you're, you've got baby monitors on any, everybody, have you, ever any, have you ever seen anybody doing anything, like, really weird or creepy? No. Oh. No, we don't put baby monitors on everybody. We put them on more of our higher risk for falling like if we were worried about somebody getting out of bed alone and falling we keep baby monitors on them and we can talk to them on it like hey hey wait don't get out of bed we're coming so those people probably aren't jerking off anyway so no okay (laughs) no there's been none of that (laughs) (laughs) and then um just weird logistical question what so if you're in a mask all day like and you have to be isolated and la 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 what happens at lunchtime how do you eat your lunch yeah, we take our masks off for lunch, but they ask us to appropriately social distance. So we try to stagger our lunch times, and we usually eat with like no more than four people in the lunchroom. We all kind of have like our own corners of the room. Oh, okay. Sort of deal. So we're not closer than six feet together. It's it's an ideal world. It doesn't always play out that way, but we try. <laughs> Being a nurse, there's such like a social aspect to it, right? Like. I'm not a nurse. I would pass out if I saw my own blood. So it's not going to work out for me. <laughs> but I've been to doctor's offices and hospitals and whatnot. And it's like, hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, like as much as they're doing their job, they're also like socializing with the patients and each other and like mm-hmm. hanging out, whatever. So like that's off the table, right? Like the social aspect is done. 
does that make uh, things yeah. like your day go longer or like, is that depressing? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we, I still feel like we're just as social as we normally would be at work. Um, that hasn't really changed too much. Um, but it's the outside of work. Like we're not seeing each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in work, we're still just as social. I wouldn't say that hasn't, if anything, we've all become a little bit closer. We're more social with not just between ourselves, but there's nurses from all over the hospital coming into this effort, the physicians, nurse practitioners, like it's way more of a team effort than it ever has been before, which is amazing. Yeah. It's been amazing to see how everybody can kind of just put aside, you know, anything that we've ever had different before and just try and figure this out together. It's been really great. The social aspects definitely thrived. It's amazing. That's so interesting. That's wonderful. Oh. Have you had the thing where people like come out of their house and bang on shit when you go by or whatever? To be like, <laughs> thank you. No. <laughs> that probably only happens in Not big cities, all. right? Where there's like you live near a hospital or something. Right. And yeah, they always say it's like seven and seven, but we're all in the hospital at that time. So I don't know when that actually takes place. <laughs> These Our lazy nurses. And so every healthcare employee is like currently in the hospital working. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a really nice gesture. I love to see all the videos. <laughs> what about free food? Free food has been amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are people saying every that? day? Um, there's, there was a GoFundMe in my community, um, where, you know, people just donated towards this big fund and then the hospital used it to buy food. So they bought separate meals and they sent it to the different floors. And most days we do have a catered lunch, which is really great. There's been a lot of love and we're feeling it for sure. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm. Totally worth it. I was just yeah. <laughs> I was like, I yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> um, my last question related to the baby monitor, not the tricking off part, is sounds like a lot of stuff just getting like slapped together, which mm -hmm. isn't necessarily a bad thing. Everyone's just like, you know, it's it's action time, right? You have to you have to do. But when you're talking about like the iPad showing up and the baby monitors or using your own phone and stuff like that, uh, who is Who's making these decisions to be like, okay, like, can you walk up to someone and be like, I need seven iPads, four baby monitors, and a pair of tap shoes right now? <laughs> Not so much. A lot of the decisions are really high up in the hospital, like the seat, like the CEO, the chief medical officer, the chief nursing officer, like they're all in their meetings and making decisions all day long. And they're consulting with the physicians and figuring things out as we go, as you said. Um, but we do have management that works directly with us. Mm -hmm. um, they're not taking care of patients, but they're on the floor with us. They're trying to make sure we have what we need when we need it. Um, and they're the people we would go to. You know, we've had suggestions and we've had issues with not having what we need. And they're the people we go to first and they kind of bring it up the ladder as it needs to be. Um, we've also had call like... Um, WebEx meetings with the whole hospital um, where people can type in questions of, as they came up and they're like addressed on this forum. Um, they've been doing those weekly and just kind of 
keeping everything up to date as a system as a whole, because it's not just the hospital, it's all of the outpatient clinics. And um, we have a labor pool. So all of the outpatient like physicians offices that have gotten closed, those people that work there have gotten put into the labor pool. So they're coming into the hospital and their jobs have completely transformed where they're, you know, they're now in charge of washing our gowns and like making sure we have things stacked and just different things like that. That's so far outside of what they were doing before, but now they're part of this labor pool to just kind of make everything work. Wow. <sighs> I know. I mean, I cry like, I hope I'm not making, like every day and I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't do anything. <laughs> It's just, it's changing. Like every, every single day, there's new emails about different protocols and different things we're doing. And the doctors are, they've been so phenomenal. They've been keeping all the nursing staff up to date on like, okay, so this is what we know about this medicine and what it's doing. And of course, nothing's been clinically proven by any means, but you know, there's different leads on things that have been more successful than not. Um, there's something called proning patients, which has been like worldwide huge success, like whether they're intubated on breathing machines or they're still breathing on their own, but just having difficulty, we have them lay on their stomach and it's amazing. Like all of a sudden they can breathe again and you're like, wow, it's, it's just like little tweaks of things like that, that we're just finding out as we go. So amazing. What? happens if someone just is like oh i have a lung thing i have lung disease or whatever are you like go away mm-hmm. you're not wanted here covid only yeah it's right it's been super interesting how our hospitals have always been at capacity like we rarely rarely have like open beds we usually have overflow units open and now all of a sudden like nobody's coming in cuz they're just feeling sick like the patients that are coming in are like really legitimately sick with COVID and they're getting admitted. But um, we do, we have like half of the hospitals still dedicated as like a normal, you know, whatever reason you go to the hospital because you're sick and need to be admitted. Um, And then we have several units open for COVID. And what they do is we have a rapid test in the ER and that comes back within 15 minutes saying if you're positive or negative. If you're positive, you come stay over with me on the dirty side of the hospital. <laughs> and then if you're negative, the physician, because there is room for error on the rapid test, um, the, the doctor in the ER makes the decision, okay, your, your lab work and your symptoms seem super consistent with having coronavirus. And we think you're a high probability and you probably just had a false negative. We're going to send you over to the coronavirus side of the hospital and we're going to wait for your um, PCR results which takes 24 hours but they're a lot more reliable um so they come hang out with us for that period of time and then they and catch then, it because they're there right <laughs> <laughs> and if they're negative but low probability like they're negative in the ER and the doctor's like yeah no you definitely have a kidney stone and you need to be admitted they send them over like to the side of the hospital that's not anything related to having coronavirus. And then if they're with us. It's so annoying to have a kidney stone right now. You're just like, really? Right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, Yeah. And if they're hanging out with us and they do come back negative and the doctor's like, okay, you probably really actually don't have it. 
that were probably looking at some other kind of respiratory illness, they get sent over to the other side of the hospital too. Mm-hmm. And Whoa. is the um is the rapid test? I think you said is that the one where they jam the thing up your nose really far? They both are, yeah. Oh, oh, everything's jamming <laughs> shit up your nose. Yep, none of it's pleasant. Ugh. I was like, I kind of assumed it was a blood test or something. And then I had a friend who had it the other day and she was like, oh, yeah, my my eyes watered for hours and some or mm-hmm. hours for a really long time. And some people get nosebleeds. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. What is this test? And then, yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty invasive. It's um, they're talking about an antibody test, which they're rolling out some places. We haven't seen it where I work yet, but they're actually seeing if you've been exposed in the past. So that'll be interesting when the staff's able to get tested to see, like, hey, have you actually been sick and not known it? Let's find out. Right. Do you have to administer the rapid test? Are you jamming Mm Q-tips up people's faces? Oh, okay. No, that's all happening in the ER. Or if it is where I'm at, if they're, like, retesting somebody, we have respiratory therapists who come and do that. Oh, okay. Good. Well, that's a relief. It is. Yeah, I know I don't really want to do that. (laughs) Imagine being that sick that you go to the hospital thinking you have this pandemic disease that's sweeping the nation world, and then they have to mm-hmm. shove something all the way up your nose. And then they're like, mm-hmm. you're fine. <laughs> you're like, I don't feel Yeah, fine, no, it's though. actually been like, we've had several staff members be tested for it, because even if you have mild symptoms of anything, they want to make sure that that's not it. Yeah. And they're, you know, that's half of people are like, I really don't want to get that done to me. So we're just yeah. going to. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just cough quietly in the corner. Exactly. <laughs> but we get screened going into work, too, every day. Um, when we walk in, they ask us, you know, is anybody you live with? Are they sick? Are they tested positive for COVID-19? Have you had a fever? Have you taken any fever-reducing medicines in the last 24 hours? Like, well, that yeah. they like, yeah. you know, and then they take your temperature. And oh, okay. a big thing that I joke about with... uh my coworkers, I was supposed to have my wisdom teeth taken out like the week all of this started happening. Oh no. Like, I'm taking Tylenol and Motrin like daily just because my teeth hurt. <laughs> it's such a stupid them. thing. <laughs> Don't tell them that though. That's what happened nope. to me when I went for my ultrasound. Like, oh, do you have a cough? I'm like, actually, I do have a little bit of a cough right now. And they're like, oh, go home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, why'd I say like, anything? I'm sorry, my teeth have hurt for like six months, but I was just lazy and I didn't look into it. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, when they take your temperature too, they they took my temperature to go into the the clean side of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Do you have a temperature?" And I was like, "I don't know. Do I? You just took my temperature. Oh my god, I'm gonna like answer this wrong, right?" And that's the thing too. Like we like everybody working is just kind of like we don't know what we're doing either. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's so true. It's like <laughs> we're trying, like we're trying to ask the right questions, but we're like, is this important? Is it not important? Like, somebody tell us, please, because we don't know. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing it because I would just cry all day, so it wouldn't work. <laughs> Casey just bursts into people's rooms and sobs in their faces, and then leaves. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, don't be okay. And they're like. Ch- Back the baby monitor, I was busy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to do mom win or fail or anything? Oh, yeah. Okay, so my mom win, and this is kind of like a long time coming, but I have been breastfeeding Mia for a year and a half now. <gasps> we were going to wean. Like, so as I mentioned, I was going to get my wisdom teeth pulled, and we were going to 
because she wasn't sleeping through the night like she hasn't <laughs> until oh. just very recently. Um, so I was, you know, we were going to wean. I was going to get my teeth pulled. I was going to go stay either like in Michigan or away from her. And it was going to be all on Alex. <laughs> but that all fell through the cracks. So I'm still currently breastfeeding. But miraculously, Mia decided to start sleeping through the night. Oh. Wow. So we're all very happy about that. It's been like a huge win over here because I haven't gotten a full night's sleep in a year and a half. Oh, God. That's amazing. So she she like, knew what oh, I needed and she gave it to me. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my win. And then fail wise, like, I don't know. I've definitely been like, I got onto TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. I haven't posted anything, but like I can scroll and watch these videos for hours and I don't know why. <laughs> but like I was just on my phone, like nonsense, just scrolling. And I look over and he is like sitting on the kitchen table, like drinking out of a beer bottle. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> this is the ultimate oh, no, fail here. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I should make this a TikTok. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh so we're, that's God. where we're at over here. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it takes a lot of wins and fails to get through everything, yeah. especially with what you're going through right now. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And, of course, like I know you hear this a lot and it sounds trite, but you're a hero. Thank you, you are. Doing, oh, God. Doing. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Oh, I mean, I'm not kidding when I say I've been listening to this podcast for two years so Aww. i'm like oh my gosh they know who i am oh my <laughs> <laughs> oh this my. is weird <laughs> well, thanks for listening but more than anything thanks for you know saving the world that's yeah. cool <laughs> yeah um, we do appreciate it you can always check out our social medias that's facebook instagram and twitter they're all at baddest mothers yeah that's it we do nothing with our lives jessica is the best. That's what I learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we man. stink. I don't we've, know. About you that. know, we've had guests before that I've been like, uh, oh, we suck. Uh, but yeah. I feel like you're winning. Uh, right? <laughs> no. You guys should see me on my days off. It's the laziest <laughs> thing you've ever seen in the world. <laughs> All right. We are baddest, baddest mothers, mothers in the room. room. Bo, can you say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Nellie, can you say bye-bye? She's waving.